Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, and we are diving into week two. We are in a two-week series on how to lead up. Uh, This may not seem like it is worth a two-week series, but it is absolutely one of the most significant ways that you can both honor God in something you spend more time doing than anything, virtually anything else, because you're at a job eight hours a day. And we'll talk about, again, what leading up looks like. But as it relates to an opportunity to honor God, to see um, just personal uh, flourishing where God has put you in terms of employment is absolutely a crucial thing on two weeks. So we're talking about the subject of how to lead up. And by that, we mean there's lots of types of leadership, particularly in a work environment. There's co, um, there's lateral leadership where I'm peer to peer, my coworker alongside of me. Then there's people who report to me that I may be over that I'm leading down to. And then there's people above me that I report to and I'm leading up. So we're going to spend the next couple weeks talking about this subject. Yeah, we're excited to talk about it. Uh, and just so everybody knows, David, this is Josh Timms talking, and we have Elena Haas here in the studio. That's hey, right. We got excited hey today. Man, I missed the <laughs> intro. It's because this is our first two week, yeah, first two week series <laughs> that's here. And um, yeah, so we are talking about uh, some eight principles that um, we encourage and have taught classes and taught people on. Hey, this is what it looks like. Colossians chapter three says, "Work as though you're working for the Lord wherever you're at with all of your heart." And so we were picking up on the uh, last four of those. Yep. And uh, the first one we're going to talk about today is valuing your leader's time. So what does it look like to value your leader's time? Uh, time being one that's a you know, commodity, it's like hard to come by your leader. If, if, if you have someone that's a boss over you, their time is probably limited. And so how are you actively thinking of their time? And so we'd love to hear from both of you guys. How do you think through that? Yeah. How should our listeners be doing that? You know, I've taught a message before at the porch and I ask everyone in the audience to think about what the most valuable thing that they have is. And it's like, get it. And some of you, maybe your car and people begin to think of like, oh no, I got this ring my grandma gave me one time. And I got, you know, a Charles Barkley rookie basketball card and whatever the most valuable thing or uh, uh, jewelry. What's the most valuable possession do you have, Elena? It's time, David. Boom. <laughs> she just no, boom. She didn't even play I, around. I really do feel that way. I mean, it's obviously true, but it's the one thing yeah. you can't get more of. Yeah. I mean, you can get. You may, um, if you have a hundred thousand dollar diamond, um, the most valuable thing you have is not the diamond. It's time because you can get. If you have more time, you can get another diamond. But without time, you're not getting another diamond. And time is the most valuable thing that all of us have. The scriptures emphasize that. And so as it relates to honoring your boss, you're just honoring your loving people because you're being thoughtful about one thing that they can't get more of. You're going to say something? I was just thinking, we really do notice this in culture. Like a lot of the apps we have today are because we all know that time is our most valuable asset. So what can we do to make our lives more convenient and get time back from like, Mm. for instance, favor? Like, hey, we don't have time to go to Target and pick up our our order. And so I'm going to have you go pick it up for me, or I'm going to have you go pick up my food because it's going to take me 30 minutes to go pick up my food and drive back. And Amazon prime, like we need it tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) So next day delivery, please. (laughs) Or today. All right, guys, I'm convinced time is valuable. But really our culture does recognize that time is really valuable. It's whether you realize it or not. Yes. Which also means your boss 
recognizes when you recognize his time is valuable yeah. or her time is valuable. Yep. And so if you can be someone that is thoughtful when they're present, hey, like I'm going to value their time when they're in front of me right now and the questions that I ask them and, the, um, and I'm going to value their uh, time if I'm presenting something to them that I'm really thoughtful about, mm-hmm. like how do I best honor them? And um, even when you send an email, um, and contextualize this to whatever work environment you have, but I would say in our in our arena, people who send like yeah. um, novels mm-hmm. for emails, where it's like, when I was a child, I grew up in this, and it just kind of goes through, and and here's what I think, and random side ta- yeah. tangents, where it's like, and we need to make a decision next week on whether or not we're going to order reorder, you know, the supplies for X. And by the way, have you tried out the new brisket tacos from uh, in Rudy's Barbecue? They're delicious, and they're not thoughtful about their wording. You are not going to be somebody who um, both, one, when when your boss gets an email, he's like, hey, I know this matters. I know it's thoughtful and I know that it'll be concise and I can quickly make a decision on it. It'll be valuable to them. You will be someone who will be seen as not valuable. So being thoughtful as it relates to their time. Um, if they step into a meeting, honoring them in that moment, letting them go or not discussing things if they don't need to be present for that decision is another way that we can honor someone's time. So if um, uh, Lena... If I had, if I stepped into a meeting that she was leading and I was able to jump in there for a few minutes that I've seen her do this, where she's like, Hey, let's, let's uh, wait to discuss these X five other things, these five other things until David isn't here. Cause he really doesn't need to be there. It's not a good use of his time, but what we would be a good use of his time is if you helped us make a decision on this. So just good. learning to value time. Um, Another thing is meeting. So um, when I have a one-on-one meeting with David, my boss, um, a good best practice that he actually trained me on, but now I know how to do is sending meeting agendas. And it's like, hey, while in this next 30 minutes, I need to cover these five bullets with you. And so before we leave, like we need to make sure these things are decided on. And this, these are just another like three things that I want you to know about. And so it's like very um, organized and it's like we get, I give him all the information up front. So also he can choose, hey, let's prioritize these three conversations in case we run out of time or whatever like hey, that. That's Amazing. gold, dude. Yeah, that is gold. I'm telling you, if you're listening, you should do that. If, if it's appropriate, sending a meeting agenda that just frames up, here's the things that I'd love to talk to. It's really, we as a culture don't do this. We both value it and don't because mm-hmm. people all the time will want to meet and they're like, hey, I'd love to get a meeting or I'd love to spend time with you. And um, yeah. and they're not, it's so rare. And I'm much more like, personally, I'm much more likely when someone says, I'd love 30 minutes of your time to talk through these three things. Here's the list of them. And here's what I've thought about them. Dude, I'll take that meeting all day. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's like, uh, yeah, I'd just love to grab some coffee and, you know, share my story, or which is great. Love hearing stories. <laughs> I love hearing <laughs> stories. But Or just love to, you know, hang. Yeah. I'm uh, less likely because I'm like, yeah. what? Um, it's so open-ended and you're like, I don't know if this is going to be... 30 minutes, an hour. I don't know if I have margin for that in my day. Or if it's irresponsible for yeah. me to do that. Like exactly. I, I, we only have so much time in life. So I know we're spending a, a good amount of time on this one, but it's because very few people think about how can I be honoring to my boss as it relates to his time. And, um, and that meeting agenda is just a, a great reflection of that. And I would say, I, I, you know, all of us in doing this for a number of years, we've gotten to be around some really incredibly gifted leaders Mm-hmm. who lead organizations, who lead businesses, who lead in the political sphere, and who lead significant works of God through the church. I can't think of very few, if any, who would turn down a meeting if somebody said, hey, I'm going to drive in town. I'd love 30 minutes. 
I have these five questions. Here's where I can't, I'm stuck and I don't know the answer to it and why I would love the perspective that you have is really unique and valuable. Would you mind speaking into this? If you can do it over an email or I'll even Skype or I'll call in, all of those would work for me, but I would love your response to that. Uh, man, I've heard people who lead massive things be like, dude, I'll take that meeting all day long. Yeah, mm -hmm. but, um, good. but the people who don't honor it, you're just not gonna get a chance to, to really uh, have that. So yeah. anyways. It's good. Also for me, when people email in and want to meet sometimes about just social social media stuff or things about the porch, but I always ask them, hey, I'd love to um, know what specific questions you have for me just so we can maximize our time on this call. And so I'll have them send back questions. So then I can know, okay, here's all the things that they're going to want to know. Because sometimes I also need to look into things. If, I, if totally. they ask me a question I don't know, by them sending it to me ahead of time, I can look into it and make sure I mm. have a better answer for them too. Totally. So it kind of goes both ways. Or, yeah. or last thing, Josh, are you <laughs> you trying to move us on? <laughs> if you move. want a mentor... Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, people will mentor. Uh, I, so often young adults are like, man, I just wish I had an older guy, a mentor in my life. If you will do this with your mentor, dude, you're going to have people lining up out the door to, to be open to meeting with you. If you're like, hey, I'd love to sit down. I'd love to ask you these five questions. Here's the season of life that I'm in. I really respect just the leader and the husband and the person that you are and, and where you are in the company. And I'd love to grow in these. Here's a list of the questions. Do you have time to meet? You are honoring yep. them, and mm -hmm. I would be shocked if they were unwilling to do that. Yeah, so. And they feel honored from the beginning. It's showing them totally. that you value their time. That totally. is just, yeah, that's good. Okay, so the, the next one here is, is interesting. What if what if uh, I have a boss or someone is over me in an organization and I don't agree with what they're doing, and I'm, I'm trying, and I don't think what they're doing is actually moving the organization towards something good, and I disagree with that. How, how do I How do I disagree with someone while still like, leading up and while still thinking of the organization as a whole. So if I have a different idea than my boss does, yeah. how do I do that? I think um, we work in a really healthy environment at Watermark. So yeah. um, debating ideas and disagreeing that I, uh, there's lots of times where I can sit in a meeting with my boss and um, with my boss's boss and we can discuss something. And I, I feel the freedom because it is a healthy place to say, I don't think that's the right move or I wouldn't do that. If I was king, I would do this. And, um, or here's what I think we should, would be a better idea. And I can disagree, but once a decision is made, my role is to leave there and champion that idea like it was my own. So if we decide this is the direction we're going, and I said, no, that's a bad direction. Wait, are you telling me that even if you don't, even if you would change it, even if you're like, I don't think that's actually the best thing, you leave the room and you're going, I'm all in. Yes. Whatever, what they said, I'm going to be for. Yes. So this principle is disagree and commit. Disagree and commit, yeah. disagree in the room, disagree when it's appropriate. But at some point, once the decision is made, it's just unproductive to be like, well, I wouldn't do that. And just be the the person who's planting seeds of, this is such a bad idea, can yeah. you believe it? And almost trying to make the bad idea. Fail, uh, so yeah. you could prove that you were right. Totally, Yeah. exactly. And, and, um, and that dishonors your boss, dishonors God. It's slander, which scripture over and over yeah. talks about. So, and candidly, if there was one on here, well, there's lots on here that I think all of us, myself, all, I could grow on all of them. I think this is the hardest one or one of the harder ones for young leaders to go, hey, I really disagree and, um, and I'm going to leave here and I'm going to champion it as it relates to the people um, or as it relates to those who are over me. And there's still times where we can be honest with those that we're working alongside and, and address, because some, sometimes I disagree with something because I have concerns about X, Y, and Z. 
and um, and we can express to those in closer proximity, leadership wise, like, hey, here was the concerns I had, but here's the response that we had. But we're gonna go out there and we're gonna champion it like it's our idea and like I came up with yeah. it myself and let's go and let's be excited about it. For everybody listening, do either one of you have? I just think a practical example because I'm I'm just like thinking, yeah. man, how did that? How would that actually? So can I, I have a bad one. I have, a, I have an example of a time where I didn't do it. We were holding an event and um and uh it, it was it, there was a theme that was involved to the event and um it was the launch one. Yeah, remember launch? Yeah. So launch, we came up with a. Uh, at launch was a retreat that we did every single year. A thousand people was amazing. We may at some point resurrect it, but um, there would be a theme behind it. And the team debated and, and came up with this theme of, uh, it was like military. And I said, we should do party in the USA, or I said, we should do USA. And we debated, debated, debated it. And it was like, this is a no brainer. You guys are crazy. Military, that is nuts. And, um, and then we left the room and I basically went around and borderline started a coup of like, hey, asking people outside of the room who weren't involved with the decision, which event would you rather go to, party in the USA or military? Uh, borderline started like a petition. I'm like, hey, sign this because we're putting it together. And, um, and it was not good leadership on my part. It created division. And I should have gone out and said, man, we're doing military. And we ended up doing party in the USA anyways, but at the cost of me um, having poor leadership capital, losing credibility, hurting and causing division, and um, just a poor example of that, where I went out and was like, I still think it's wrong. I'm going to tell everyone I think it's wrong. And um, it was just really bad leadership on my part. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, amazing. And I think that's hard for us. And it takes a ton of humility to be able to um, disagree with someone with an idea, but then commit and, and champion your boss's idea. So the next one here, it, we, we touched on it um, in the last episode, but we thought it'd be worth going into a deeper dive is uh, that you don't want to just point out problems, but you also want to bring solutions because uh, as we see problems, if you're just the person that raises the red flag, um, that can be start to wear someone out, wear your boss out, wear those around you out. And so how, how do you guys think through when you see a problem, um, bringing the solutions to those that are above you? Yeah. Um, I think there is plenty of people in the world who are critical, mm -hmm. who are negative and who suck the life out of everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, we've all been in meetings. Bad vibes. With, yeah, dude, you got bad vibes. <laughs> You don't know who you are, which is part of the problem. Yeah. And uh, that yeah, I don't want to be someone who just brings, hey, this stinks. This is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. Hey, I think that, you know, all of this is falling apart. And um, X person doesn't like to work here. And I wouldn't want to work here anyways. Honestly, if the benefits were good, I would leave in a heartbeat. And it, someone who's just so negative, they point out problems. They don't bring solutions. They just say everything that's wrong. And they're quick to point out all the ways that, that everyone around them is messing up or that things aren't good. You know what you call that person? Normal, average, the type of person you should not be biblically, but there's tons of people like that. Mm -hmm. There's not tons of people who don't just see problems. I'm gonna bring a solution. Hey, I've identified this problem and I'm gonna bring it to my, my supervisor and say, here's a way that I think we could staff morale at the school that I work at, if you're a teacher. It's not as high because of the changes that kind of come down from the state and the new whatever systemized testing. I'm making up some obscure example. <laughs> it's not as high as it could be, I think. So it's not as high as it has been. People are discouraged. Here's a suggestion that could encourage our staff. And I, I propose a you know staff 
development day that we end up going away and doing lake day or sales are down in this department. And I think it's because of the emerging digital success of our other department. I don't think that we should stop, you know, having this particular thing being sold, but whatever the scenario is, I'm going to identify a problem. And with that, I'm going to bring forward a solution. And if I haven't thought through a solution or if I haven't come up with one, hey, uh, I'll, I'll use one. Yeah. Hey, we have a series. This is really obscure and, and I don't think happened, but we have a series we're going into next, next month called Esther and or it's on the book of Esther. We're teaching this series at the porch. Esther was a queen um, and Elena bringing forward, hey, we're teaching that book. I haven't come up with a sermon series title. I'm sorry, yeah, the name of what we should call that series or as I brainstormed it with our our artist, porch artist team um, or volunteers, we couldn't come up with a name, And uh, but we need something quick and I have a problem. I don't know what the solution is. I don't know what we should name it. And she just brings that forward. She reflects the fact that I have thought about it a lot um, and I'm looking for a solution. Or a um, another problem where, uh, man, I'm just trying to think of an applicable example to them. But I guess my point is, don't just bring problems. Yeah. Attach them to solutions. And if you don't have a solution, lead with, here's a problem. I can't think of the right solution. I continue to think on it. Yeah. Will you help me? Um, because I think this is a problem. And um, what, I, what I hear you saying in there, David, and I think that's really valuable, is if Elaine is coming, hey, here's the problem. I tried to think of solutions I couldn't. Here's why I thought of this solution, and it wasn't a good one. And so don't go down this. It just gives you so much going, oh, she thought why this isn't a yes. good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So even if even if uh, you aren't coming with a perfect solution, but you're able to go, man, I thought about it, and I thought about going this direction, but then it causes this problem, um, yes. is incredibly valuable. Totally. Um, that's You're so right. It's almost like saying, here's the solutions I thought of, and they're not the right ones yeah and here's why they weren't the right ones but mm-hmm. um because then it gives you as the boss or whoever your boss is oh okay it helps you know one shows ownership so immediately they're going to go like wow they thought about it totally amazing it's just starting there yep. and then two helps them if they are going to think of a solution um, to not run down some of those avenues that you did totally it's amazing totally it's good anything you'd add on that I was just thinking of one example. After we had this really long meeting, we had a team meeting. And by the time everyone got to team meeting, everyone was like worn out and just didn't want, they were so distracted, didn't want to be in a meeting. The energy was super low. And I remember one time I came to you, I was like, hey, our meetings are really like, like there's really low energy and no one seems into it. And like how, like I was thinking we really need to somehow get people more involved. And then uh, I think I was like, hey, one thing we could do was we could have some kind of like icebreaker in the beginning to get everyone to like chill out and be more like engaged because right now no one's really engaging in the meeting and everyone's sitting back on their computers and like, Hey, maybe we also do it. No, com- no screens in that meeting and like coming up with different things. So sometimes, good. sometimes things can be really like the problem's kind of ambiguous. It's like, Hey, people aren't engaging. I don't know why we could try these couple things. They might not work. They might not change anything, but totally. here's a few ideas. And what do you think about that? Totally. And you will earn so much trust. Cause you're like, Oh, they're not just going about, they'll, they'll identify problems and then they are with it and, and with me. Um, it, you'll earn your boss's trust because they're going to go, this person is is helping us make it better and they feel the burden of responsibility to make it better. It's good. So. Okay. Our, our last one is this. Uh, we've written it down as, as truth matters, but... Um, well, just talk, what do you mean by that? When, when you say truth matters in this environment, if you're going to lead up and telling the truth, uh, how does how does that apply to leading up? Yeah, I think it, it goes and coincides with the one right before it, but learning that, hey, I'm going to be uh, honest 
I don't want to be a yes man that just always says yes, even if, if I don't think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I want to say, can I propose an alternative uh, direction that we would go as I think that this would be a better one based on everything that I see. So being willing to just say the truth. If, um, if you see the reason so many organizations fall apart is why is because uh, at a high level, the leadership doesn't have anyone who will tell them the truth. Yeah. What's that phrase of like the um, only two for most people, the most honest person in the world oh, or yeah. who's willing to be honest is like a um, enemy who's gotten really angry. He'll tell you the truth or a friend who deeply loves you. Yeah. And um, and it's such a rare thing. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, faithful are the wounds of a friend profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And, um, and so while it may be tempting, especially in a work environment to bring flattery, to be someone who says, here is what I actually see. I'm thoughtful. I have a constructive criticism to me, or here, here's like the truth. If you want to know my honest opinion and whatever direction you think we should go, we will go that direction. But if you want my suggestion and my honest opinion, here's what I think we should do. And, um, Here's what I hear you saying, David. So as a boss, you don't want someone who's just every idea that you have, you don't want them, like th- you would think it's problematic if every idea you had always went over well. Not think, it is problematic. Yeah. yeah. And it would be problematic. And it is. And if you're, you're the challenge is so, so many listeners right now have really unhealthy bosses yeah. mm-hmm. that are going to take any suggestion of criticism or anything be constructive yeah. and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. But um, there's a lot of those who, if you humbly some of some of the times they won't take it well is because you don't do it humbly, you don't do it thoughtfully, you don't do it loving and caringly. Um, is caringly a word? I don't <laughs> think it is. Uh, and uh, and so just being humble in the way that hey, this is what you said to do. I here are the reasons I have concerns. I will do that. We will as a company do that. What you want us to do. Here's the concerns that I have, but I want to tell you why I don't, and tell you why I don't think that's the right. Uh, direction that we should go. Yeah, it's good. And if you will be uh, a man, we say this all the time, being a good critic is incredibly valuable. If you can be a a constructive critic, that's going to make you really valuable no matter where you go. So we train our team, every person that's on the porch team, every single Tuesday night, which is when our gathering is, has to send in feedback to me, just me, with a grade, with um, two things in that email. Here's everything that went well, and here's opportunities for improvement. We call them OFIs. Here's things that like we should keep doing. This was excellent. Here's something less than excellent. That is uh, equally as valuable to them as it is to us because it trains them to be thoughtful and valuable critics. And I want them, no matter where they go for the rest of their life, to be value adds because they're they're able to see things and help make things better. That's good. I love it, man. I think that's it for us on part two of leading up. Hey, if there's any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can, as always, email us at info at the porch dot live. And uh, we will see you next week on another, another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the Porch ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.